Bottom line up front, as marketers, we are frequently called upon to create high-quality content from the information that lives between the ears of subject matter experts. This episode is all about how to identify, build relationships with, prepare for, interview, and take the notes out of a subject matter expert so that you can create high-quality content every single time. Hi there, Steve here with 15 Minutes CMO. Joining me today is Brittany of Geronimo Content. Now, uh, it's important to know here that Brittany not only creates content, but has over a decade of experience as a content marketer and a brand strategist. She has worked in cybersecurity, like many of our guests here on 15 Minutes CMO, but also financial services. This is important for pretty much all marketers of all stripes because she knows how to talk to and create content for one of the most difficult personas out there in terms of buying and using, as well as an industry that's regulated financial services. So how to do hard things in a constrained environment. She does love the challenge of building out content programs and making the most of what content you currently have. Brittany, thank you very much for joining me today. Hello, thanks for having me. Uh, we talked a little bit ahead of time, obviously, and we came up with this conversation around subject matter experts. As marketers, as content creators, strategists of all kinds, we're likely not the subject matter expert when it comes to things like finance or the nuances of cloud security. So this is really a conversation, and I'm excited to learn from you about how to maximize uh, time with a subject matter expert but then also, like, sort of, what do you do with that content? So, you know, what what should we be thinking about as we uh, get ready for, spend time with, and walk away from a subject matter expert interview? Yeah, absolutely. So, I think you know, if you're starting a new role, I think the first thing to think about is how can I make friends with all the subject matter experts in this company. Um, relationship building should be your number one priority because those are the people that you're going to go to when you need. Obviously, you know, a ton of content. Um, so I think when you're going into those conversations, obviously there's some prep work, you know, just like any, you know, look at it as an interview. Um, I think once you do get time with those, with that group, um, it's tricky because as we know, they're some of the busiest people in your company, most likely. So let's say you get 20, 30 minutes. Um, I think it's preparing, you know, sending maybe five questions ahead of time, you know, Hey, here's what I want to talk about. Um, if you can prep some answers just so we can make the most of our time, I think they'll appreciate that because, you know, nobody wants, no one's to waste their time. Um, so I think going into it with, with a very clear agenda with what you want to get out of it, um, makes a big difference. Um, another tip I have is to record the meeting if you can. Um, and then I, there's tons of, you know, AI transcription services. I like Otter AI. Um, I think what they put, you know, the, the content you get out is pretty decent. Um, so definitely transcribe that meeting so that you're not sitting there taking notes. You can really just kind of observe what the, what your person's talking about. Um, so yeah, I think that's how you start. That's how you approach it, and then how you get the most out of it while you're in it. Um, and I'll pause there for any. Yeah, um, if you're new to a role, or maybe you've even been in a company for a while, but you've been in a remote scenario, what's a better way to help identify who subject matter, subject matter experts are within your organization? That's a good question. I think. Um, for example, in the last role I started, you know, I talked to the team. I said, hey, you know, who are the 
top five people I should try to get 30 minutes with over my next, you know, couple weeks. Um, who's the subject, you know, if you're lucky, you'll have a subject matter expert dedicated to each of your, you know, product lines or solution lines. Um, if you don't have that many resources, I think maybe it might be easier to identify, okay, you know, what are the top three people that, that have been here the longest or that know the, the market the best? Um, just, just get time with them, start building that relationship because then you may even be lucky enough that they come to you and say, Hey, I have this blog, this idea for a blog. You know, can you help me write about that? Um, so it can be really a good give and take relationship where you're not, just taking up their time, you know, you're helping them build their personal brand and get get their content and their um, their thoughts out there. That's a really good point. There's certainly some value in being kind of the documented expert, and um, I think it's pretty natural to to want to help other folks and to be, obviously be seen and felt as a, a smart leader in your profession. So all of that really rings true for me. I think um, probably the uh, sending questions ahead, you know, just letting folks know that there's no gotchas coming, you know, we're not here to ruin your day. We're just trying, literally just trying to learn some stuff was probably really helpful. But, um, you know, other than maybe even echoing that, tell me though, you know, what do you see people doing wrong about how they approach and leverage, uh, information from subject matter experts? I think, I think it's being too, maybe too one dimensional, focusing on, okay, I want to write a white paper, therefore I need these questions answered, and then they leave it at that. But if you can try to maximize that time and get, you know, maybe there's, there's a, a topic that you find sort of confusing as someone who's not an expert, um, you know, get them to explain it to you. Um, because then one, you're learning and two, that can be, you know, interesting little like soundbite for social media, or, you know, I like to do like definition banners in social media where you're defining a word that probably most people in the industry would think is pretty simple, but it, it's still, you know, getting your, your name out there and, and building that brand awareness. So I would say think beyond just the piece that you're focused on. Um, so you can really get the most out of it. And then ideally, you can do a couple pieces from that one conversation. Hmm. Now, why do you think folks are, are wrong footing and just focusing on sort of one topic at a time instead of a more broader, uh, more broad opportunity to learn? I think, I mean, I guess I wouldn't say it's the wrong way. I have 100% been, you know, solely focused on one piece. I think it's easy in content to become, I don't want to call it an order taker, but someone who just kind of you know, you're kind of the go-to person for a lot of things in the company. So, you know, it's kind of like who's shouting the loudest, that's the project I'm going to focus on. So I think it's um, it's taking a strategic approach to these conversations with your experts. So you're not just thinking, okay, I got to do this one piece, but it's, okay, I've got 30 minutes. I can probably get a one, you know, high value asset. Maybe we can get, maybe not a full white paper from a 30 minute conversation, but let's say an ebook, um, something smaller. Then, okay, I've got this ebook. Then how can I break that down further? Um, that's, you know, that can be a blog post. Maybe I would ask if I could do a ghost written blog for this person if they're not, they don't have time to write. Mm. Um, maybe from this conversation, like I said, we can grab some sound bites um, for social media. Maybe we can do, you know, a short video for YouTube. Um, there's so many things you can do with it. So I'd say just don't get so focused on, you know, what is this one output, but what, what are they, all the different directions we can go from this piece? Is this uh, reminiscent of the age-old quantity versus quality problem that we run into? Yes, 100%. And again, I have fallen into this trap of, 
you know, it looks most productive and content looks effective when I'm just churning out a lot of pieces. And it, it can be fun, you know, at, at the core, I love writing, right? Um, I love to repurpose, you know, if I've got an ebook, I'm definitely making an infographic or I'm definitely making a blog. But I think it's just making sure that you're putting thought behind these pieces. And I think the worst thing you can do is use all these resources, put out a nice, you know, um, I don't know, an infographic, an ebook, something, and then, you know, maybe put it behind a gate, put it on the website, put it, put it on social, and then that's it. Um, I think um, one thing I, I started doing in my last company was to do a kickoff call for each piece of big content. Mm-hmm. And that would include the demand gen team, the digital team, the creative team. So, you know, hey, you can say to everyone, you know, we're starting with this piece. Here's what we're thinking. Does anyone have ideas for what else we might be able to do with this content? What campaigns might it fit into? Um, what else can we do with it that's creative besides, again, just putting it on the website, putting it on social, um, just kind of not crowdsourcing too far because you don't want, you know, too many cooks in the kitchen. Um, nobody likes that, mm-hmm. but really just kind of getting ideas from different teams say, Hey, this is coming, you know, here's what we want to do with it. But do you have anything else that we might consider? Are you, were you always starting from scratch? Um, Typically, um, often I, you know, I usually get a lot of con- most content from product marketing. Um, I've been lucky to work with really amazing product marketers, most recently at Blue Voyant. Um, it's a really wonderful team there, um, full of really great writers. And so I would start with them. You know, they would say, "Hey, you know, we're thinking. You know, sales has given us feedback that we need a piece on this. So either I would volunteer to write it, or I would work with an SME and they would write it. I would clean it up." You know, it's very, you know, different, different ways it would start, but, um, typically, you know, I felt like we were kind of starting from scratch. Uh, you used the term earlier ghostwriting, I think, uh, to probably non-writers out there, those of, uh, the, the world who's not used to it, that might seem weird to actually have a ghostwriter. I've personally ghostwritten hundreds of articles. It's just part of, sometimes your SME, the, you know, their knowledge is in their brain. And it's the writer's mm-hmm. job to get it onto paper. And you wouldn't hire uh, a writer to play guitar any more than you would hire an SME to be a writer. So um, it's interesting to to hear that dynamic in place, um, at least what I should say, validating my experience with it. So thank you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's not a... I feel like maybe from outside the industry, outside marketing, people be like, what? They don't write their own stuff? And it's not that they... that. People don't. It's just like you said. It's the. It's all. It's all in their head. And if I can be help them be more effective and use everyone's time wisely, if they can give me thirty minutes, then I can write a blog. And obviously, they're signing off on it. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's it's a great it's a great strategy. You meant no, the strategy you just highlighted too involved kickoff calls. So there's really a process mm-hmm. here, and there's a I would say a pretty high likelihood that that process, if it does exist at our listeners' current company could be improved, or maybe that initiative doesn't exist at all right now. Uh, how would someone who wants to kick that, start that or make big changes uh, in that regard get that going at their current company? Yeah, good question. I love a good process. Um, I'm a spreadsheet girl, and uh, I love Asana and Trello and all those different um, those different tools out there. But I think if you're, let's say you're starting from scratch, um, what I would do is I would go to each of the teams that you work with. So that for me, that's, that's the creative, that's digital demand, sometimes with the same team, um, account-based marketing, field marketing, product marketing. And then I would say, you know, <laughs> just, just a couple, right? Yeah. Um, and I would say, you know, what, what is working today? What is not working today? Where are we seeing a lot of roadblocks? Um, and where can we streamline things? And then it's kind of gathering all that feedback. 
Um, one thing um, in past companies, I've found that the design team gets overwhelmed with everyone, it seems, coming straight to them in the company. You've got HR, sales, everyone, hey, can you make this banner? Can you make this? Can you make that? And then that content is not necessarily coming through the content team, which means that it may not be on message. Um, so it's really kind of um, helping people understand the value in coming through content first. And then I'm happy to serve as sort of that that gatekeeper for the design team so that they're not being bombarded by everyone's requests. We're really kind of streamlining things. Um, so that's one area. And then I love to put templates in place um, if they're not already there. So we'll kind of zero in on, you know, we're going to do these five types of content, you know, case studies, ebooks, infographics, white papers, whatever it is. And then we make, I'll make like an actual Word document template, which has different tables throughout. So it's, you know, title goes here, you know, less than five words just to give people guidance. Because I think, especially if you're not a writer, um, if you're tasked for whatever reason to write a brochure, you know, just looking at a blank screen is, it's not very inspiring. So I think if you can give people a little guidance, um, you might even be able to have your SMEs write for you if you can say, hey, I've got this template. Do you want to fill it out? And then I'll clean it up. Mm. Now it's, uh, I like, so a process and templates, they really set expectations, I think, which is great. Certainly from the other mm -hmm. side, you know, what am I getting into when Brittany shows up and what am I, what can I expect out of this? Which I imagine um, if uh, you don't do that and everything's new and everyone has to start with a blank screen that they do get burned out really quickly. Um, now, you mentioned earlier that you do run the risk of being a bit of an order taker unless you take it or you take kind of control over that process and lead the creative direction. And I just, I'm just repeating this to make sure that I understood it. Um, the importance of continuity of message, right? By instead of having all 50 different types of marketers working in their own individual streams, having a content filter, uh, the content role filter, it helps keep message on brand essentially, uh, while also being valuable. Uh, it seems to be a, a key takeaway here. Yes. Yes, absolutely. I think, you know, when you have a small scrappy marketing team, it's, you know, it's very tempting to just say, okay, you know, I'm in field marketing. I need this ad out tomorrow. I'm just going to write some copy, send it over to design and we'll get it out. So yes, you could do that. Um, but you run the risk of it not supporting the brand as much as it could. So I think finding a way, you know, understanding that it's okay to slow down sometimes if you can and take things through content because then everything that you're churning out of that company is going to be as as high quality as it can be. It's on brand, it's on message. And again, you're support, you're all telling the same story. Um, and I think that's, that's kind of the crux of a brand, right? We're all telling the same story so that we can get our message out there. Now, um, I just read an interesting stat uh, yesterday that something like 60% or more of marketers are on a team of four or fewer people. And one in five people wearing the marketing hat work at a company where there is no dedicated marketing professional, which means they're literally just doing it that week. This is strikes me as sort of a lean team that would be very interested in the project we started the conversation with, um, you know, Geronimo. And tell me a bit about what it is you're working on that users might our listeners might find helpful or could reach out to you to uh, discuss yeah absolutely so i think just given this this current climate of layoffs marketing teams are shrinking i think 
sometimes it can be a hard sell to bring in, you know, another full-time employee. So um, I'm happy to come in and help and, you know, go work on a project basis. If you've got, you know, a case study on your plate that you're just not able to get to or any number of pieces, um, I'm more than happy to help with that type of service. Um, another thing I'm kind of working on is what I'm calling a content marketing program in a box. So coming in and let's say you don't have much of a content program to start with. It's coming in and saying, okay, here are my recommendations for one, working with what you have, if there's anything, there's got to be something, right? I'm sure you have a blog somewhere. <laughs> um, and working with what you have, um, seeing what you can refresh, and then helping to put in those processes, those templates um, to really streamline things so you can make the most of what you have. Even if you're a two-person you know, a two -person marketing team or a one-person marketing team, um, if you've got some process in place, you can try to start to kind of bring order to things. Thank you for sharing that. Thanks for joining us today. Everyone, mm -hmm. take a look in the description. You'll be able to find a link to Geronimo content. And I swear to you, that was not a shameless plug. Brittany did not sponsor this episode. In fact, this episode was sponsored by Discerner.com. Head to Discerner.com slash 15min. You get a nice discount on the book for sale there. Brittany, thank you very much for joining me today. Thank you for having me.